focused on Arizona cuisine because I feel like there's a flavor here that is unlike anywhere else. Like it's ancient, smoky, like it has so much spice in it and at the same time like it's so delicate and it's like French cuisine with this ancient flair. Tammy, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get this in. All right. So we are at Helio Basin Brewing Company in Phoenix, and I've got one of my favorite people in all of the world Aww. joining me today. Yes. And and that's not just because of the awesome chorizo tacos, but the chorizo tacos helped. Was it the anchovies? Yeah, I think it was actually. And uh, I think it was the it was like a dark cheddar beer cheese mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. It's like, it's a pub style taco. I know it's not yeah. exactly Arizona, but it, it's one of those things that you think of when you go into a pub, like a little bit of the fish, the trezo, the beer cheese, the yeah. ale in the food. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All of it. And Something then there was, I like. was it pesto on top? Is that, or no, that was the anchovy. That was anchovy salsa. Oh, anchovy yes. salsa. It's more of a Mediterranean thing. It, okay. it has, it's like chimichurri with anchovies all crushed up in it. What is chimichurri? Chimichurri is yeah. like a base of vinegar, oil, herbs. Salt. Okay. goes on steak most of the time or some kind of fish. It's just bright and good. It didn't matter what was in that. I would have <laughs> said that was uh, shredded cat hair. And uh, if you would have said I would have, I would have ate it. And I would have Maybe it was. It. Maybe it was. There are a lot of straight cats. Maybe I, I gave here. you the politically correct version. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Well, thanks for joining me. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So we're focusing this month on beer and food. Food. The food aspect of beer. And you know a little bit about food, right? A tiny bit. Do you like food? It's kind of my life. It is? Kind, kind of, of my life. Yes. Why, though? Like, how did, you, how did you start with your interest in food? Food was something that came natural to me at a really young age. So when I was young, we lived in a giant house. It was actually built from a church. So it was a church converted into a house. So wow. it had something like eight bedrooms, three bathrooms, three levels, like hidden hidden doors that went to hidden rooms. It was pretty creepy, but (laughs) what it had was a giant kitchen and it was always stocked like with everything. It was just a massive kitchen. So I thought it was fun to go experiment and make food that nobody wanted to eat because it was so awful, but it was fun. It was like, I don't know, a chemistry project kind of. Interesting. We fed it mostly to the dogs and they didn't want to eat it. So a lot of the, (laughs) the first stuff that I made, but it was fun. Yeah. It was something I just did. It was fun. I remember one of the first things I ever made, and to this day I still think it's absolutely incredible, probably the first good thing I ever made. It was a rhubarb ice cream. Ooh. And one of my neighbor, one of my friends that lived next door had rhubarb growing in her backyard. And I'm glad we didn't eat the leaves because it's extremely poisonous. Rhubarb leaves are? The leaves are. That's why oh, when really? you go buy rhubarb, the leaves are cut off. But um, yeah. Yeah, she had rhubarb, so we shredded it up. I had sugar and cream. I had no idea what I was doing. But then she locked me out of the house and ate the whole thing. I didn't even get to try it. (laughs) But probably one of the most incredible things. And it was just fun. It was, like, inventive. And I don't know. We lived in a little town, so it was boring. Where'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in a couple towns. I I grew up in Twila, Utah, to begin with, till I was 13. Okay. So that's where this experience took place. And then when I was 13, we moved to Mammoth, Utah. In the Tinnick Mining District, nobody, like, we had 20 people in my town, so there's nobody. 20 there. people? 20 people. And there was how many people in your family? <clears throat> that was most of the people. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were but, like 60% of the population. So, so yeah. we, didn't, we didn't have water. We had a hall in our own water. Electricity wow. would go out. It would be out for a week at a time. But what was cool is there was so much to do as far as exploring. There was okay. caves and mountains and ancient gra- graveyards and... You're good. You're good. Um, it was fun. Yeah. So my mom, she bought a restaurant out there, and I was required to work. Required so to work? I required to work. Didn't this was after the experience of, like, just trying to, like, just, just experimenting food. Mm-hmm. with food. Yeah. So this was different. I didn't start out cooking in the kitchen. I started out as a waitress, and I absolutely hated that. And, okay. you know, doing dishes and whatever back utility stuff so yeah and most of my experience there was that I helped out a little bit in the kitchen but it was mostly just everything else but but you wanted to be back in the kitchen like mm, it, they're not of. quite yet not no quite. I that didn't act- yeah. actually I didn't want to work in kitchens at all because of that experience I wanted to get out of that so my first job out of high school I worked for the newspaper of the town I was the editor and that's because uh-huh. I want to be a writer so that's what I did 
And you you did that for a while, right? I did that just for a year, and I ended up right back in the kitchen. <laughs> but so. I thought, haven't you wrote, haven't you done interviews and things like that for a uh, magazine out here? Yeah I, yeah, I do now on and off with Ghetto Blaster Magazine. Okay. Um, my friend Eddie is a publisher. I met him fighting. We're in the same fight team. We'll get into the fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> it's something I've always loved. I've always loved writing. So just the opportunity to do that every once in a while and take pictures and all the fun stuff. Yeah. That's the non-food related part of my life. That's your kind of escape? Is yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. I love music awesome. just as much as food. Yeah. Just as much? Like equally? Probably. Wow. And I just don't spend as much time with it. Yeah. Well, we need to dig into music then at another point because if you love music as much as you love food... And if you can... It's mostly like death metal and grindcore. <laughs> you had me at death metal. And, and hip hop <laughs> and a few other things. Good music, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's good music. Yes. So well, how did you get to Arizona? Um, my sister lived here. So she had just joined the military, just the army. And she had to go to boot camp. And she was, she did a couple tours in, in Iraq. But I moved oh, wow. down here just to be close to her and like help with her children. She had young kids. When she was in Iraq, she had three young kids under the age of 10. So wow. I just kind of was around to help with that a little bit. And it was a different thing because Utah's not my style. Like no. It really isn't. No. I, it's beautiful. I love Utah. But there's something about Arizona, the people here, that I fit in very well. I feel yeah. like I do. Why do you think that is? Like what, what is it about? I don't, I don't think I should say, but I don't know. <laughs> Why not? You can say if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, no, I, just something about it. I've met more genuine like people that are out for a cause, for their cause, and mm-hmm. they're not feeding off other people kind uh, of thing. That's interesting, yeah. And I feel like that's, I get that. That's what I love about the craft beer scene out here so much. Like just everybody you meet is like every time when I do some, when I do, when we do a podcast or we meet somebody and I go back and I tell my wife, I'm like, oh, I met so-and-so. I met Judd from Fire and Forge. He's so awesome. She's like, you say that about everybody, but but it's true. Everybody's so genuine, like within this. Yeah. In this he, he's so like humble, but then he'll tell you how he's friends with Anthony Bourdain, you know? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he wouldn't know. He's like a hardworking farmer, you know? He yeah. I have no idea, but he's an incredible person. Right. But that's just. I mean that every every time I do this, I meet another person. I'm like, oh, I met the people from Helio Base, and they were so awesome, you know. Um, so that's that's really cool. Um, so, how long have you been out here? Oh God, a long time. I yeah. moved out here. I think it was 2000, 2001. Okay. Yeah. So almost 20 years. Wow. Long wow. time. That is I, I'm stuck. I don't think I'm going anywhere. You okay with that? Uh, I am. Yeah. As long as. <laughs> Eventually, I have my, my little farm and can retire on it. Cause and I'd that's love the goal? To. Eventually, yeah. when I'm old. Yeah. I'm almost there. <laughs> uh, I'm almost 40, and my wife, it bothers my wife more than it bothers me. Like, because she's five years younger than me. Mm. So sometimes I'll use it against her, and she'll like, say something. I'm like, well, yeah, well, you're married to somebody who's almost 40. She's <laughs> like, no. But uh, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, right? No, I, I'm turning 37 in like a few weeks. So, yeah, yeah old. You, f- you feel okay with that? I don't think I have a choice. <laughs> That's true. It's that going to happen. True. Yeah. So so then how did you, so you moved out here early 2000s. Um, how did the food part of things start to develop for you? Um, right away, I tried to get into kitchens, and that was the hardest part because yeah. being female and not speaking Spanish, um, I couldn't find a job anywhere. They wanted uh. me in the front of the house, mostly because the female part, and they would tell you straight away, like, you're a woman, you cannot go in really? the kitchen. Seriously. Wow. Like, a lot of businesses, that was the first thing. Like, you're not going to be able to handle it. So I finally found a place. It was a little sports bar called Stackers. And I went in there, and it was kind of the same thing. They're like, yeah, we'll hire you in the kitchen, but if you don't work out, you know, you could be a waitress kind of thing. I'm like, I just want to cook. I like hard work. Yeah. I mean, I grew up splitting wood and, you know, hard work outside, and I like to stay busy. It's just something in my nature. So cooking, I think, is pretty close to staying busy and working hard. So finally found a place, and I took that over pretty much, and I was there for a really long time. Took over that kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like that was like you went in, you had your opportunity. You're like it wasn't it wasn't yeah. my menu, but I just worked. Yeah, it was just something that I just worked, and I don't know. I just yeah. lived that way for a while. It was fun. I didn't really get into the nerdy side of food and start understanding food until after that. Like. I met some chefs that really changed my mind on how things can be. Like, just totally opened up doors for me and the way that I even approach food. And I think that changed everything. Like, what do you mean? Like, what what are, like, 
just the idea that you don't have to follow traditional methods. You mm. don't have to have traditional flavors, and you don't have to serve people things that they're comfortable with at all. Like, yeah. you can change it completely. You can take anything, as long as you follow some kind of, like, there's a structure that you should follow when you're working with food. Like, you should be a certain amount of fats and sours and salts and umami and things that make it balance out so it actually tastes good. Right. But, so as long as you follow some kind of science, you can pretty much do anything. Yeah. You can make it fun. Like, you can make it fun. You can change the fact that you're eating for nourishment and, and make it more about the experience of eating instead. Yeah. And, and actually create a meal that people are going to remember, and it's going to be like, holy crap, I, what about this food that I ate at this one place, like, back in 2005, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of a big deal. Well, you remember that, too. You're like, mm-hmm. you remember, like, I remember... And I grew up like close to Pittsburgh, so we put French fries on everything, sandwiches, salads, right? But yeah. I remember just thinking back and just specific like steak salads that I had with French fries, and I feel like I was I'm still there. Which is yeah. it's delicious, but at yeah. the same time, like I don't know, life can be boring, but it shouldn't be ever. Right. Like, so how do you feel about the statement? Like, what is your first reaction when I say food is fuel? Um, I have to agree with you because you die otherwise. So yes, it, <laughs> but it is solely right because sometimes it, it, that's it, the it thing is, is if that's the yeah. circumstance. Like if yeah. you have to eat to survive, then 100% is fuel. And yeah. if you want to be healthy and happy, it's, it also is. But what about your brain? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to nourish your brain at the same time, and that's not necessarily with nutrients. It's with experience and how it yeah. makes you feel. And I mean, there's certain foods that actually cause emotion. Like you eat certain peppers, it actually causes a physical emotion, like to it forces one. Really? It does. Interesting. I mean, I like fear. Like you eat a ghost pepper, and you're like, I might die. No, no, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> okay. No, it, the way that it heats your body up okay. and how your brain reacts to it is actually yeah. emotion that you're feeling, and it's for some people can't tolerate it and can't handle it. I get, I get it. But I mean, for me, man, I, it's amazing. I'll eat a scorpion pepper just because how it makes me feel. I like seeing the the rainbow orbs (laughs) and hallucinating for a little bit, but at the same time, it it reminds me of like drinking sake, you know, it it has that feeling. You, you warm up, you flush a little bit and it's it's good. Yeah. That's interesting. So so what, what, what was it? So you had these, these experiences with these chefs that made you like kind of, cause you, I can tell you're a creative person. Like you like, like the things you're involved in music, writing, jujitsu, everything's a, a very mindful, creative aspect. And that's what opened up your eyes to the. Well, I've always been into art. I've always been an artist. Yeah. And so finally seeing, seeing it in a way that it's now art instead of just food. I think that was fun too. Hmm. I mean, that made it exciting. Like you get to create something. You get to create yeah. something out of nothing, basically, and form this thing and make it work. And most of the time, when I create a dish, it, it like it'll take extensive planning sometimes, but it doesn't take testing. Like I re- I test, but not really. I kind of just get an idea and I force that idea to work. Hmm. Just from I, I don't think yeah. it's it's that I have a knowledge in what I'm doing. I think it's more of an organic knowledge. That's just something I feel like it, it works, so I'll make yeah. it work kind of thing. Well, and you grab you grab a lot of ingredients that are um, kind of not used as much, right? Like you're kind of trying to revamp some things that are... I try not to let myself get bored. Uh-huh. I, I've moved so in my life, I've done a lot of different things, and I've tried different careers and stuff only because I get bored really easily, and I okay. move on to the next thing. So by working with new ingredients constantly, I'm never bored. I'm always challenging myself. I'm always doing something different. I'm keeping it interesting. And um, it's a constant knowledge thing because I feel like if you're not learning anymore, you're wasting your time and you should move on, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that constant challenge. It's fun. Yeah. So well, when, I did the, when I did the interview uh, with you guys the very first time when I just covered Helio Basin um, just as a brewery and... Uh, and they were telling stories about you, like, foraging berries and stuff like that, right? So you do that. Like, you do. I do when I can, and yeah. I love it. So when I lived in Mammoth, Utah, it was, like, in the mountains. It was yeah. 7,500 feet elevation. There's stuff. I mean, it was a lot like Arizona. There's juniper everywhere, cactus and sagebrush. But at the same time, there was other stuff you could forage. And we hunted a lot. And just using the land and a lot of our food. I mean, almost 100% of the meat we ate was, like, deer meat. It was, like, yeah. venison elk meat oh my god if you got an elk you ate all year on that i mean fishing and just whatever else so it was something i already understood and enjoyed so coming out here i was introduced some people that did that 
And I didn't realize that how much food you have growing. Like you could look out the window and there's food that you could eat like outside of the window. Really? Like you, wow. you Most people have this right back in their backyard and have no idea. In their idea. yards, everywhere. There's, yeah. there's so much food in, in the desert. I, I believe, I don't know how correct the statement is, but I believe that the desert has more edible food than any other terrain. Really? I'm pretty sure wow. that there's more edible things. Like you go to other places and you don't want to just eat anything you find. But out here, I'm pretty sure yeah. you can eat almost everything. But please don't. <laughs> I mean, until <laughs> somebody... Disclaimer. 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 But, but there, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I don't even understand. But I've met a lot of people that have been teaching me stuff. And it's fun to get out there and just pick stuff and learn how to use it. I mean, yeah. just the flavors you get. It, it's one, one of the reasons why I'm so focused on Arizona cuisine. Because I feel like there's a flavor here that is unlike anywhere else. Like, yeah. it completely is. It's something and it tastes like the desert. Like, it's ancient. It's smoky, like it's it's has so much spice in it, and at the same time, like it's so delicate, and it's like French cuisine with this like ancient flair, and it's cool, and I like exploring that and finding these flavors and mixing it in. Yeah, I think that's cool, like the the ancient aspect of it, mm-hmm. right? Because it, I mean, I think there's there's not a lot of um, things that are a lot of things, a lot of the flavors I feel and, and my, I'm very inexperienced at this, but everything seems to be coming from other places, right? Food from Mexico and, and you right. know, all these Arizona, other influences. Arizona is a transient city where the, mm-hmm. a lot of cultures come and bring their own food. And I think that's the biggest problem why people don't know Arizona as having an Arizona cuisine. Like uh, when you say Arizona, they're like, Oh, what? Well, it's Mexican food or right. like whatever they think Southwest food, but you're thinking more like Tex-Mex. Um, that's the reason why is because people come in, they bring their comfort foods and that's what they get. And it's, it's everywhere. Like if you look outside, there's chains everywhere. And yeah. it's, I mean, I would love for that to go away, at least in the most part and bring more mom and pop shops and more stuff that represents what we have locally. Yeah. But it's hard. You have to educate people. And so our cuisine, it is ancient and comes from the native Americans who live here that have been cultivating and, I mean, the agriculture in Arizona, people don't realize this is an ag- agricultural state. Like, there's so much that grows yeah. here. And they've been growing it for so long, like something's supposedly thousands of years, that um, people should be eating it. I mean, that's the whole terroir thing we were talking about, not just with beer and wine, it's with food, too. Like, you should, the experience comes out of eating something and feeling the place, like where it came from, and understanding yeah. it. And that's a huge part in eating the food that's local. Right. You're not going to find that with something that's shipped in. You'll find it with something that you get locally. Yeah. And so I, I'm a huge advocate. Like, support it. Like, get out there as much as you can. I know it's expensive for some people, but, I mean, if that's the biggest drawback, still figure out some way to do it, you know? Right. Right. Well, well so, so what are some of the things that um, that are, like, Arizona food? Like, what are some of the things? Um, Arizona food is, is like, I, I like to say it's a lot of the trees, like the mesquite. Uh, okay. The mesquite's such a huge part, and it can be used in so many ways. And most people, when you think of mesquite, you think of the wood, like right. smoking with the wood. But, yeah. I mean, the pods can be made with syrup. Like, you make syrup out of that, you can make flour with that. And there's so many other flavors. Just the mesquite being used for the bees to make honey. Yeah. You know, there's palo verde trees all over. You can use the blossoms from that. They make... Um, there's certain varietal that makes these beans that are edible and stuff like yeah. that is Arizona, but also like a lot of desert flavors that you get in the cactus. Like you should, I think everywhere should serve cactus everywhere. Like <laughs> I mean, cactus like as in like, like in the pads. Yeah. For like, sure. Like the Nepalis, it should be everywhere. Not just the prickly pear. People use the prickly, prickly pear. Prickly pear so is probably the most popular, right? It's I mean, delicious and yeah. it's great. And that's definitely Arizona, but, um, for sure, we should be using more Nepalis. It's insanely healthy. What is that? It, it's the cactus pads. Okay. So, I mean, the nutrients in it, the oxi- antioxidants, there's even carbs in there. Like, there, it's like the perfect food. You yeah. eat it, and you could probably just live off that. Interesting. So, wow. But, I mean, there's things that are strictly Arizona. That and just some of the produce that grows here, like some of the small farms grow. Definitely corn. Yeah. Different varieties of corn. It's incredible. You know, wheat. Um People should eat more eat wheat, and it should be heirloom wheat, you know? Mm. Go back to yeah. before Mon- Monsanto kind of screwed all that up, and eat things <laughs> yeah. that your body wants to digest, you know? Yeah. Get that ancient grain, you'll find it at Hayden Flour Mills, you find it at Ramona Farms. I mean, it exists here, and it's freaking delicious. Yeah. Especially in beer. Mm. I know there's some yeah. brewers that have used the wheat berries and stuff for brewing. It's incredible. So. Yeah. 
Well, that's what's cool too about the the beer aspect of things is the the, the brewery scene is is bringing those ingredients together, right? Like the mm-hmm. the brewery scene is so um, focused on what's local, right? I, mean, I think so. I think yeah. I'm seeing it more. Like it's something everybody's starting to embrace. Yeah, you see that with people as as far as even using crazy produce that you would never think of throwing in beer, you know, yeah. and it creating flavors that way. It's incredible, and it should be done. Yeah, it's a great way to support, but at the same time, it's a great way to introduce flavors to people and get them to understand more of what Arizona tastes like. It's yeah. a huge part. Yep. I think beer is absolutely a major part of Arizona cuisine. You think major so? Major part. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean we're we're um, not that huge now, but it's growing. Like, yeah. The craft beer scene's growing so much. Absolutely. Especially since I, when I first moved out here, man, I don't I didn't know anything about craft beer. It was like twenty, maybe twenty at that time, right? At the most. Yeah, the, I, 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 I had yeah. no idea. Like I, I remember tasting beer and it was awful. Like I had no clue. Right. I don't think my palate was trained then. Right. I was drinking Coors Light and Jaeger, you know. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> Jaeger. I don't want to go back to those days. No, you all. should not. You should not. Well, especially now that you're you're with Helio. And, and so how did that happen? Like, how did that happen where you got connected with these guys? Um, I hear a lot of different stories. <laughs> you hear a lot of different yeah, stories? Yeah, one, one, <laughs> one of my old chefs actually recommended me to them. And oh. apparently some other people did too. Okay. And so they approached me yeah. kind of and it was an a time in my life where I actually needed a huge change. I was thinking okay. about moving out of state at that moment. And you were cooking? You were, you were, um, you were I was, chef this I time? was cooking. I wasn't a chef. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know. It was kind of stagnant. And I wasn't filling my place. And okay. so I was getting ready. We were thinking about maybe moving up north to maybe Washington, Utah, or somewhere back close to home. Yeah. And so when they got a hold of me, it kind of like changed those plans completely. I remember walking into this building. like This so, building? This building used yeah. to be empty, like, for eight years. It was and an old was, pool hall or It was an old right? pool hall, and it yeah. was disgusting. There was water damage, like, giant roaches, old, uh, old carpet that was just, like, mold. And, yeah. But it was cool walking in here. I could see the vision. Yeah. And when they first told me what they wanted me for, I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like saying, like, hey, we want, what, 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 what do you mean by that? Like, when they is- told me they wanted me to be their chef, because okay. I thought they were asking me to come in and like help out in the kitchen, yeah, like yeah. help them get going. They, they wanted, they had this concept and they wanted it to be tacos kind of thing, whereas it was kind of bar food, but yeah. more, a little more elevated, you know, something that worked more with beer. And so you were thinking consultant. Yeah. Please, we need your, your advice on this. I was thinking I was just going to, a little hard work, like some elbow yeah. grease, like yeah. throw that in there. So when they told me that, I was like, uh, I don't know. And of course, at the time <laughs> I was sick, like I had the flu and I felt oh. terrible. So, <laughs> I mean, I left and I thought about it and then we had another interview. And at that point I brought a whole menu, like I had it all drafted out. And I was like, uh, all right, this is how it's going to work. Yeah. That menu ended up being our very first menu, pretty much. And... Like, I, I think we shared the same kind of vision. Like, we had nice. the same kind of idea. I'm the type of person that I have to be told, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Like, because I, I could get pretty crazy if yeah. I'm allowed to. <laughs> right. But, um, so, did you just throw it out to them? You're like, hey, this is what I want to do. Take it or leave it kind of thing. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm willing to work with them. But it, yeah. it was like, okay, if we're going to do tacos, um, 100% I have to make the tortillas. Yeah. Or I'm not down. So yeah. we're like, we took the spent grain and I incorporated that. And that was my vision. Like, I'm definitely an artisan. I, I went from like making old style, old world bread in yeah. wood ovens to like, gotta make my own tortillas or it's really? not gonna, oh, yeah. it's yeah. not gonna work. So I started using the spent grain. We started cooking everything with beer. And that's how, I mean, I, that's how I do things at home. So. It's something I was very happy about. Yeah. And, and they were down. They were down. They said, yeah. And the whole, like, the beer pairing thing I've been doing for a long time. Beer dinners has always been my favorite event. Like, I, I die for them. And um, I don't know. I The opportunity to do it every day was a huge deal. Yeah. So. Nice. Well, and the beer pairing is, like, that's, and I, I will, I'll reach out to you and I'll say, hey, what goes great with a Reuben? Like I reached out to you the other day. And I might be wrong. I don't yeah. know. We have to try it. I mean, because I'll make suggestions, but until you try it, because you can say a certain style goes with a certain food, and that's not true. Right. Because that style might have other elements and flavors in there that it was brewed with that changes the way it tastes. Like uh, it, it might, the same two, two styles of beer 
or same style of beer, two different beers from two different breweries are probably completely different. That's true. They're not going to pair the same way. Yeah. At all. So your idea is like a like a traditional Martzen would go good with a Reuben, but I, who knows how they I brew think, it? Or... I think as a yeah, but no, I think as an easy, an easy okay. easy thing that would probably not offend anybody. But if you want to be really crazy, I would like to say a sour would probably be insanely good with the Reuben because that would the contrast. Be, it would probably. Yeah change the sour and make it more delicate so it wouldn't take just the flavors of the the meat and the cheese and not necessarily the kraut but like the butteriness i think would tone down a sour and make it more taste more like a pale ale okay so interesting i mean that's the way that that? did you all hear that we're gonna go i I, that's what i'm guessing I i could be wrong but i find that with a lot of foods where you don't think it pairs but there's certain things that do and it's they change the way it tastes yeah like you're gonna find out in a little bit i know but, <laughs> um yeah there there's foods that change the way that beer tastes 100 okay. percent. and that that's been one of my mantras lately is you know you go into a place and you order food and you get a beer and suddenly you might be turned off by the beer because it just it doesn't taste like what you thought it was but you just bit into this huge sandwich with all these flavors and then yeah i mean a week or two later you try the beer again you're like holy crap this is a totally different beer like it, yeah. it changes it food changes the way that beer tastes yeah. and likewise it does both ways and right. it could either be complimentary or it could like either change it in certain ways that makes it more fun like um it singles out certain flavors or even textures and stuff and yeah. i don't know it's fun to play around with and find like it's not something that even makes sense to me all the time. I just try it. I'm like, holy shit, yes, or um, absolutely no. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I have to drink all day. It's terrible. <laughs> it is, that is a rough, it's awful. that's a rough life you have. Yes, yes. Um, well, I think it's really cool too, because like on your on the menu here at Helio Basin, everything has a um, beer pairing, like every single thing. Like um, I was, so I got a nut brown. Their nut brown is fantastic. I'm pretty sure that nut brown pairs with absolutely everything. I mean, 100% across the board. I think it's a perfect beer, and it pairs with everything. The perfect beer. Dustin, I, if you're listening to that. I, I mean, if, if you, <laughs> when it comes to food, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That and the Belgian, when he made his Belgian blonde, same thing like that. Pretty yeah. much you, you couldn't have a bad pairing with it. Yeah. At all. Interesting. So. So I got, well, I had a nut brown, and I ordered the food, and they're like, what else would you want? Because I wanted to try, like, the blood orange. Um, and I'm like, well, pff, Tammy says the nut brown with the chorizo tacos. I have to. And it was perfect. Like, it, it was perfect. But it's really cool how you, you match up all these things. So it's kind of like that helps people, because I think most people are novices at the, yeah. at the, at the pairing. You know what I mean? Um, people always think, oh, beer and wings. Like, well, beer is a pretty and general And you, you ask whoever's, like, your bartender, and they might tell you their favorite beer they might not tell you what actually pairs it they, they might right. not even know yeah i would hope that they do but right. i mean they might not we should get them down here we should quiz them we should quiz them <laughs> yeah i haven't um, done that yet so that leads us to you ha- so tammy has something here set up for me i'm a little bit nervous then for what so, we have what do we got speaking of local farms this morning i went down to the scottsdale farmer's market and one of my favorite people down there or my favorite farms down there is brother nature farms and he had miracle fruit and basically what miracle fruit does is it's a it changes your palate how it works to food like how it recognizes food and i'm not sure if it's a way that it sends signals to your brain i have no idea yeah all i know is if you coat your tongue with that it's going to change the way things taste so sweet's going to become sour sour is going to become sweet yeah so i would like you to eat that yes and then taste these beers and like tell me what you're experiencing we also have blood orange and we also have chocolate yeah some blood orange and some chocolate the blood orange is also from brother nature and um yeah i want to see if you can even tell like how it changes because so this is what this is going to do to you i feel like that's the same way beer and food reacts with each other all the time interesting it really does and especially i mean beer the hops in there i think have a lot to do with how your brain responds to things. Yeah. And I'm no scientist, though I would like to be. But <laughs> well, so, all right, so I just bite this, I chew it. I think you should chew it and let it coat your tongue, so don't and swallow it. And then do I it. spit it out? Um, I don't know. I think you should eat it and swallow <laughs> it. But I, hold, it, I, hold it in your well, mouth. I mean, it's, 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 it's a miracle fruit. It's not a freaking hot pepper. So, n- no, no. Keep it in your mouth for about, let, let it coat your tongue for at least 10, 15 seconds. Okay. It's got a seed in it, too. Okay. Well, yeah, don't choke on the seat. Yeah, I'm kind of, uh, I'm a little bit nervous. So she gives me this little tiny it thing. It doesn't look like a mushroom. 
It's about the size of like <laughs> a, I don't even know, like a Skittle, like a oblong Skittle. And it's in a plastic baggie, like a dime bag, black bag. So. It is. I'm sure it costs about the same. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I remember when dime bags used to cost a dime. Um, it's actually got a really good taste to it. So Okay, so do you, how good's your palate memory? What do you mean my memory? Um, like from your, what I your palate before? memory, like do you have a good memory of flavors? Like it, can you drink mm-hmm. a beer and remember exactly what it tastes like? Mm, then, pretty, for the most pretty, part. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. so you're gonna you're gonna know the difference when you drink these beers then. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Oh, man. All right. There it goes. It's down. So let's start with the... Uh, you've had a blood orange before, right? Yes, I just had one. I actually was drinking that oh, right okay. before we started well, this. Well, you should try one. Oh, no, not a blood orange. I was talking... I thought you were talking about the blood the orange. The actual beer. blood orange. Okay. So I'm actually t- tasting a blood orange. Wow. It's super sweet. Super sweet. Like, super like, sweet. Like, what would you compare it to? Like, um... I don't know. It almost tastes like an orange with like sugar added to it. Okay. Is that yeah. supposed to be like that? It's ha- what it's supposed to do. Okay, now try. Because that's, that's usually a little bit tart. It, right? It's very yeah. It's definitely tart. It's, yeah. it's I think sweeter than some oranges, but definitely. It's super tart. sweet. Like that's like a sugary sweet. This is crazy. It's crazy. I'm right? Starting to see things, Tammy. <laughs> What's going on? I'm sorry. <laughs> this is chocolate. It's chocolate, but it's slightly bitter, so it it might not even change it at all. I was just pulled it down. No. It's um, almost like a, it's like a milk chocolate. Gotcha. It tastes like a milk and it's chocolate. supposed to be a bitter chocolate. So okay. So now. So did that work? Did it work? No. Well, kind of. Not okay. as much as you would want it to. So no, now- I did. I did. I, I have to. I have to give you this disclaimer. I ate a hot pellet at Dark Sky a couple weeks ago, and the first one didn't even impact me. Oh. So it's kind of, okay. Kind of a big deal. Second one was super shitty, though. It was so bad. (laughs) So so I think you should start now working your way through the flight. And I I would start with the Blood Orange. The Blood Orange. The Blood blood Orange IPA, which is like, I I don't know. It's it's kind of a breakfast style. It's really, really bright, a little bitter. Well, you know. uh, Does it change the the smell? That's not it. I'm like, whoa, that doesn't even smell orange. Well, that's not it. It smells like the amber. (laughs) Makes this Blood Orange smell like an amber. So it doesn't taste much or smell much different. No difference. Mm-mm. No, okay. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Is it more like creamsicle or mm. no? No, I think maybe the chocolate um, impacted that. But it tastes more... Um, It, it's sweeter. It is. It is sweeter than because it was before. It was a little bit more tangy, gotcha. or more hoppy. I guess. Do you prefer it that way? No, no. So that wouldn't benefit you at all with that beer right, right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it's making something that's that's a little bit hoppier, um, and making it sweeter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where right. Which is like, exactly what some foods yeah. some foods do yeah. for sure. Not in a chemical way like that. Um, I want to try so. Like, I really like the American IPA. So that's one yeah, of my favorites. Too. Yeah. Okay, try that. I'll try it. See how it is impacts See if it. it just destroys it for you and now you hate it. It's really, wow. It's actually really interesting. It's making everything, like, super sweet. Like, sugary sweet. But not like, um, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Is it crazy? It is a little bit, yeah. Because it's make it's it's amplifying. I think the sweetness of everything. Right. Yeah. So now I think you should try something that is sweet, not necessarily sweet. I think the sweetest beer we have is the blackberry wheat. Okay. I yeah. Think it's a lighter, fruitier. So maybe you should try that and see if it's not your typical fruit beer. Not your typical. Mm. It's definitely not. That's a bold statement. Let's see here. Ooh, it smells blueberry. Black, blackberry. Blackberry. How dare you? <laughs> she looked at me like, you son of a bitch. We're trying to be PC today, or we'll be anti. Once again, super sweet. So it's just so, basically, it's just making everything sweeter then. Ev- it's making not changing s- it and making it more sour. Mm-mm. No, but I would I would like to taste a sour to see what that what that right. would be like. Yeah, Dustin, could you please make could a sour you please real quick? Make a sour real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna taste the porter. I'm interested to see what it's there gonna go. do to the porter, the robust porter, a beautiful, dark, and flavorful beer that is sure to please your senses without filling you up. There you go. 
Once again, super sweet. Super sweet. Super sweet, yeah. Is it more like a, one of those syrupy stouts now? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, it is. That's interesting. I'll, I'll be honest with you, though. Um, I'm glad it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. I was expecting to, like, see things. And, oh, you know. I brought the wrong stuff. <laughs> you did, damn I'm it. sorry. Come on, Tammy. I was an expert. Uh, <laughs> you know... I'm just working with what I got. That's right. No, that's actually really cool. It's interesting how it just like kind of sweetened things up, you know? Yeah. So so what you're experiencing now is something that happens all the time with food yeah. and beer. Like maybe not on that level, but there's some times like um, the other day I was drinking sours with somebody and he's not a sour fan at all. Can't yeah. stand sours. Yeah. So I had him eat a piece of cheese, just a piece of Jack, piece of Jack cheese. And it totally like it took away all the sourness. Like really? When you eat that with that together, it made yeah. it really mellow and just like something he would probably drink, you know. Yeah. And um, I find that with a lot of different things. Like you can enhance it. You can just make it fun. You just make it something that, you know, I, I feel like IPA I would probably drink with anything just because I like it. Yeah. Is that your favorite style? Um, I think it's the easiest style. Easiest style, like for just me. To, to, to I drink. think, it, yeah, I think for yeah. me, it's the easiest style for me to like. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of other styles that they're all over the place. So yeah. depending on who makes it, so that's true. It's one of those things. Like I, I enjoy stouts too, but I like drier stouts. I don't like really sweet, heavy, the sweet, syrupy yeah. ones. Yeah. But it's something like that. So. Do you like the New England styles? I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I like all the stuff, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my favorite is just, I, I'm into dry beer. I really like okay. dry beer. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so well that that takes us to the Bee's Knees, the barrel-aged uh, oh, yeah. ones that you guys did. Yeah. Those are fantastic. They were fantastic. Yeah. So you said that was one of the best beers you ever so had, So that's right? definitely not a dry beer. No. But I, I, just the style alone, I think, picks up flavor and works with other things so well. So we got these barrels from Hobbs Winery, and they must have been very wet barrels because of the flavors they picked out. I mean, it's incredible. If someone wasn't a beer drinker, they probably wouldn't even know it was beer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. Besides the color of it, yeah. But we had a Pinot and a Chardonnay, and at first, when we first tapped the barrel, the Pinot was my favorite. Like it was incredible. It was so complex, and it was like raisins and chocolate and cherries and like a bunch of crazy stuff going on, flavors that I enjoy. And Chardonnay was like, eh, you know, it was good, yeah. but compared to the other one, not as good. But once they got, we put them in bottles. Like the flavors just changed so much. Yeah. And the Chardonnay like picked up all these complexities and just. I don't know, so many layers developed in it that I didn't notice before. Yeah. And even tasting them side by side. So, uh, yeah, definitely one of the best beers I've had, period. And I, I hate to say that because I've had so many. Right. <laughs> right. Um, it was a really good beer. And, man, they're gone. They are. They We'd are. be drinking it right now if we could. I know. We will be. Aaron is so, he was so disappointed, too. We won't talk too loud because he'll hear us. He's That's looking what he at gets me. for being sick. <laughs> I know. He cannot take how, sick time in the beer world. How dare you get the flu? Uh, so, um, I just figured it out. The, the blood orange with that miracle fruit, it tasted like tang. Like tang. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. This is horrible. It, it's yeah. like when I was a kid, we would have lemonade stands, but instead of, we'd have like tang because it's all we had. <laughs> you, it was you, awful. Do you remember, uh, did you ever watch Married with Children? Yeah. Oh yeah. Remember the, the tang witches? No, I don't. No, I don't. No, well, they, I don't even know if they had an episode where they actually ate them, but like, like Al oh, they put them in the sandwiches. Well, yeah, they would do the sandwich, and then Al made them the kids a sandwich one time, and they're like, "No, we like the mom, way mom does it. She pinches the corners so the sand doesn't fall out." <laughs> that was one of the best shows ever. It really was. It was so good. And how crazy was that with his resurgent? Like, you didn't really see him for what, like, twenty years? Because he was busy doing jujitsu. Was he really? He's he's like one of the top black black belts in the world. Like he's really? incredible. He's incredible. No way. Well, yeah, he would destroy you. That was a perfect transition. Oh, he would. He would. I mean, but he, he did some things. But I mean, he's been happy. So I think we should challenge him. I, I universe him. Okay. <laughs> you need to train me first. <laughs> we need to both train first. I need to yeah. stop drinking beer and get on the mat. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So that was a perfect segue. I, I feel like that was that was lined up perfectly. So your jujitsu, kickboxing. Right. right. Mm -hmm. um, I've done martial arts for so long, and I haven't really in the past year or so, just because building this business has required like insane amount of time for me. But yeah. it's something that is ingrained. Like I always want to fight people in a nice way. 
I mean, <laughs> I want to punch you in the face. I mean, I and I mean that in the nicest I, way possible. I definitely like would love to just hit things just because it's fun, but I don't because I'm like I have a level of formality that I tried to find at all yeah, times. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I have a heavy bag on the back porch, and it keeps me sane. Like I'll go back there and hit that thing back here. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it. it it's good. I just you know you just get it out and I can't wait to get back I mean I, I see things my friends all the time post videos or pictures and they're training and it's like damn it like I need to go hold pads for you or we need yeah. to go spar or something so I mean I, I need more time for it but it's something that I think the good thing about jujitsu because like for kickboxing there's a certain time like you just can't do it anymore man your your uh, brain can't take anymore the physical abuse is insane but jujitsu I feel like it's something you can do until I don't know you're old and gray and can't move anymore then you could right. probably still do it like right. you still do wrist locks and stuff i'm just sure but, <laughs> <laughs> right. but hey, i mean just lay down let me do, my, let my grandpa do wrist locks on you real quick <laughs> grandpa's are the worst dude old man strength is legit old man strength what is that explain that <sighs> i don't know I, i've like rolled with a lot of guys that are like over 50 that can yeah. totally kick my ass because they're so fucking strong really they just so know strong. how to they know but that's you know the angles. joint they their joints though can't handle manipulation yeah. so i mean yeah. i have advantages with that but um yeah. But yeah, old man strength is a real thing. Yeah, old man strength. It really is. And that's not talking crap to anybody. Like, that's, it's a superpower. It's actually not talking crap to anybody. That's, that's like a compliment. I believe it's an actual yeah. superpower. It really, really is. Hell yeah. yeah, it is. Maybe you think maybe it's because they're kind of at the end of their days and they're just, they're just like, you know what? I'm going to give it all I got. I think that's a big part of it is yeah. that they ignore the insane pain that they're feeling yeah. and we'll just like pick a, pick a car up over their head and throw it. <laughs> Like Hulk. <laughs> but I mean, and then and then be on bed rest for the next two weeks. That's right. It was worth it. It was, it was worth totally every worth second. It. Yeah. So um, so you prefer jujitsu over it. Well, jujitsu I is... don't think I prefer it. I think okay. just it's something that will still be there no matter what. Like okay. I'll be able to get back saying. into it no matter what my body goes through, you know, and you'll, it'll always be there. Yeah. And that's the good thing though. I, my first love definitely is Muay Thai. Like that's yeah. something that I, I just love so much. So there's so much like grace with, it. I mean, with all the, the mixed martial or all martial arts, just in general, you know, I've always been a big mixed martial arts fan. I'm not specifically on one certain discipline of it just because it's just such, I mean, I think it's such a pure sport. Like it is. Well, like, you think what these people go through, they're so insanely humbled. Right. Like yes. there's some people with egos and they always will have, but what you go through, like you get broken down every day. Yeah. And it, it's like, people ask me, why don't you yell in the kitchen? And like, I mean, it's not a big deal. Is it like, right. <laughs> it's a big enough deal that I need to yell about it. Like yeah. you're not getting destroyed right now. Right. Right. Nobody's choking the life out of you or like Literally. making your knee pop out. Like, yeah. It's fine. That is true perspective, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So like some, I, I don't know. I think I don't take things as seriously when it comes to, like, I'm learning how to understand what people are going through because they don't have the experience I have. So I'm learning Meaning how to just understand. just in life, like just in general? Just, in general, yeah. like, especially my people in the kitchen, like, if they're having a really hard time, I'm like, you guys fucking babies, like, come on. <laughs> but then I realized, you know, not everybody has been through stuff that I have. Right, like, right. It, it probably genuinely is very hard for them, and I yeah. need to understand that. At the same time, it's like, turn around, let me just punch you and, like, throw you on the ground. Just kidding. But... <laughs> let me just choke you just for a second. Just choke you. Not to unconsciousness, just to... Oh, yeah, I was... Almost. So, I went to New Orleans recently. I went down to Alabama for the World Food Championships. And it, the day after we did the last beer school. Yeah. And... I was down there for a few days, and my sister went with I, with me, and we went to New Orleans in our last day. Yeah. This chick tried to pickpocket me. Really? Like, I, I was walking out of a bar, and she reached her hand into my jean pocket, like, trying to, and that's normally where I keep my phone. Luckily, it wasn't there, but she tried to pickpocket like me. Like, quick? Was it a quick, just a snatch and grab kind of thing? Oh, no, or just she, like she a was acting, just... she was acting, she was smiling, she was acting like she was trying to be whatever. She was like a junkie prostitute. Like, uh... she was trying to act like she's being cute, but I was pretty pissed, yeah. right? Yeah. I let her know, but anyway, later that night after I had, oh no, probably 30 beers through the day, <laughs> I saw her again and she was trying to fight a girl. Uh, like she was straight up in her face, screaming at her. And so I went and stood behind her. I crossed my arms and I just stood behind her. And my sister's like, what are you doing? 
I'm like, nothing. I'm just like, I'm waiting for her to throw a punch at him and I'm just going to choke her the fuck out and we're going to go. <laughs> She's like, no, damn it, you get back here right now. I'm like, no, I'm just, I just want to finish it. I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm not right. trying to fight her. Yeah. I'm just going to choke her and we're going to go. She's like, no. <laughs> just real quick. So just, yeah. eventually she got me away from there. And But it's something that, I don't know, jujitsu is amazing because you can flawlessly end something without causing a huge deal. Like mm. you can, you can save somebody's life really, really easily or your own. That is true. And it's something, it, it's really not that violent. Like it is and it can be and mm-hmm. you can really, really hurt somebody. But I mean, I, I think these days if I'm in a situation, I would much rather use jujitsu unless I just don't want someone near me. And then I'm going to teep the crap out of them and just kick them back, you know, because I don't want them near me. But yeah. other than that, like, if I am in close quarters, I'm not going to box them. I'm yeah. just going to use jujitsu. Yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to put it, too, because you're doing them a favor, right? Like, you choking her out would have been, I mean, it's... If you let seems, go. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, it seems <laughs> like, oh, my fun. God, I choked them unconscious. Like, in, like stating that way is is one thing, but really... You're neutralizing them. That's that's really that's really what it is. You're right. like, I just want to neutralize her. Yeah, and that, a, that is what way. it is. Yeah. That's, and I was a little pissed too. So well, yeah, I'm just I'm trying to make myself feel better there too. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and and I, you said this before too, like um, like the lessons that you learn in jujitsu too um, are deeper than just the sport. Like it's it's thinking two, three, four steps ahead, right? It's, it's, it's chess. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because yeah. I mean. You, you want to figure out how to finish somebody before you even start, but then they're yeah. going to react and you have to react to that. And then you right. have to change your whole plan. Yeah. And that, that is like something I apply to everything too. So yeah. It, it's so helpful that. And I mean, my biggest thing, I, I'm sure I've, it's redundant me saying it because I, I say it a lot, but it's a 10,000 hour rule. It's a, it's a real thing that I follow. Like um, there's a saying like if you spend 10,000 hours doing something or if you do something repetitively 10,000 times, you become a master at it. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so I apply that to life. Like I apply that to everyday life. Like if, for instance, I have somebody in the kitchen and they're being lazy and they don't care and they're putting in nothing. And like you're becoming a master at being a piece of shit. Like, right. right. I mean, yeah. put it, even if you don't like something, give it your all. Mm-hmm. 100%. Don't waste your time. Right. I mean, because you're not wasting your time. You're becoming a master of yourself in a way. You're right. spending 10,000 hours doing something. How are you going to do it? Even if you hate something, like yeah. are you going to waste your time in that way? I mean, you're not getting that time back, depending on what you believe. Yeah, like, right. You're not getting that time back. So, like, that 10,000-hour rule is my mantra. I'm not necessarily a religious person, but, like, if yeah. anything came down to it, that would probably be, like, a religious belief. Just, like, that's your, you hold fast to that. Like that's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's plenty of times I hate doing something. I'm just going to do it still. I'm going to do my best at it. I'm trying to excel at it the best I can. Right. And change well, it. If you go with the, into it with the right mindset too, you're gonna you're gonna gain something out of that. Yeah. Whether it's like if it's something that you truly hate, but it's something you have to do, you're developing that tenacity, that that grit to be able to make it through something that. That's a huge deal too. Yeah. Like uh, giving up is a bad. It's such a bad. Th- it is because you're you're not proving to yourself that you can handle it. Right. Right. I mean, there is a time you should give up on something. Yeah. There 100% there is. <laughs> exactly. like, when, it, when it's no gain, you know, yeah, yeah, of course you should. But, I mean, there's situations that if you're giving up because you feel like it's too difficult, that's who you are. Yeah. 100% that's who you are. Right. Don't, don't be that person. It might yeah. suck a lot. It might suck a ton. But, I mean, don't be that person. Yeah. Well, I think that's the... Um I think Bruce Lee kind of had that that thing too, right? He He's probably like, did. I'm sure. I don't fear. I think he said something like, "I don't fear the man who who practices ten thousand kicks one time. I fear the man who practices one kick ten thousand times." Yeah, seriously. Yeah, right. Seriously, it's that that ticket. Yeah, kill you with that kick. Oh, he would totally. If there was one person, he would, and it'd be cool about it, it too. Would be cool. <laughs> and it would be awesome. Like, yeah. hope that Aaron would be videotaping. I would too. There's one person in history that I could have a beer with it would be Bruce Lee he's my he's my guy um god there's so many people we can't even we can't even go down that route because there's so many freaking people coming up in episode number two (laughs) (laughs) two through 100 (laughs) yeah um so I know you probably don't want to talk about this but we're going to talk about it anyways damn you've won some awards too right a couple couple got a couple you have you have a shrine on the wall up there yeah I'm proud of it. Yeah, you are awesome. I yeah. am. It's not something I, I really tried to do. It right. was more of like we opened up where f- a brand new business, we need 
people to know about us. What's yeah. the best way to do it? Then get out there and, and do events. Yeah. That's like the best way to do it. So it's like putting myself out there. But at the same time, like the 10,000 hour rule thing we just talked about, I, I don't do things half-ass ever. Yeah. Like if I'm going to make something, I put a lot of time and effort and work into it. There's a lot of hours that go into things. A lot of my hard work. And I think that reflects quite a bit. Like, yeah. I mean, I won't, I would never serve something bad to somebody. Like, not necessarily bad, but something that's not 100% something that I'm proud of. Right. So, right. I mean, I, I guess that reflects that whole idea. Um, so, it's I, good to get that reassurance, like that. that it's a little overwhelming. Like, the, the day yeah. that I won Devour was a very, like, bittersweet day because we just won. I wanted to like enjoy it so much but then one of my favorite cooks put in his notice that same like right then like right after we won oh yeah and he was planning to do it but instead of waiting like he did it then yeah and it was very depressing like to hear and it happens all the time but it's like there's some people that you love working with and I don't know so at the same time like wanting to celebrate I was like shit man I gotta figure out this situation like it's never a good situation there's always bad in the kitchen it's always trying to figure out situations so it's like damn it I gotta figure out what to do tomorrow like this and that we need to get the stuff back and Dustin and Mike are like let's go to Bar Bianco and go celebrate and I'm like damn it I need to get back to the kitchen and like do all this stuff and Uh. so it's like awesome that we win stuff but at the same time like the grind never stops well, and, but I think that that's, that's the circle of it, though, right? Is because that's why you, you get to those levels and why, why you win awards, because you have that dedication. And I, it's, I, you know. I hope that's how it works, because yeah. maybe I got some strategy. I don't know. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. I, yeah. that would be cool. But yeah. we're doing it again this year, and I'm excited. Um, the Devourer is going to be at the B- Botanical Garden. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. It's going to be beautiful. Like, it's such an amazing place. I think they're going to spread out everything, so... I mean, I don't know if you got your tickets, but they're gone. <laughs> unless you come not. work with, unless you like get a media pass, hmm. which you should do. But should. Um, maybe like we swayed the judges a little bit because when we did it, we paired food with the with beer. Yeah. So we had beer there too, and I think we might have been the only people doing that. Yeah. And so, like, of course, you know, the judges are gonna love that. Hell I mean, yeah. it, it works together. So why not? So we did that, and then. We did a, the Scottsdale Culinary Festival, and it was kind of the same thing. And I know some people weren't happy that I got to be in the beer garden. Like, all the food was in the food court, but mine like was, it was in the... A, like, it was an advantage for you because it was... Yeah, yeah. but it was a last-minute thing. Like, me joining in was a last-minute thing. I had an event canceled, and I had this beautiful chula seafood. Like, it was going to die. Oh, and it was I had a seafood use... stew you did or something, Yeah, right? it was yeah. it was the moqueca. It was the Brazilian fish stew, and... I, I, such beautiful seafood like there's no way that I'm I got to do something so I'm like what's coming up what can I use it for and Mike's like oh I wasn't going to tell you about this event but there's this event so I had pretty much 48 hours to cook like 2,000 portions, <laughs> 2, portions. <laughs> of this stew and get it down there and everything and we won that too and I don't think it was because we had the advantage of being in the courtyard I think it was because we did something completely different made people think and, like, open their mind to it. Because I, I guarantee almost nobody is tasting mulcaca. Like, it's, mm. it's, not a, it's not a thing in the States, I don't yeah. think. So. so it's something new. Yeah. Something unique. And it's delicious. Something so. tammy. It was fun. Yeah. That was a fun event, too. But and very surprising when they told me, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I was like, uh, we, we had a booth right next to Oso, and they were yeah. just, like, feeding us beer the whole time. Like, every time I turned around, there was just beer sitting uh. there. And so... I was probably pretty drunk. (laughs) Which made it even better. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, question I have for you. Um, So people at home, like how would you start, like somebody who's a novice at pairing food, like at home, right? Pairing food and beer. What what type of advice would you give them? I would say start slowly. Like, I mean, you have your favorite beers or you want to try a new kind of beer. Start slowly. I mean, 100% of cheap cheese cheese is going to work with almost everything so like start out slow and try different things with it and when you find something that is like amazing with it and you love it like stick with that and then build on that take other things and build on that taste and that flavor and start working with other stuff like i mean that's the way you do it that's how pretty much how i started doing it it's just by having all this beer and all this food (laughs) like just tasting it together but it goes back too to the to that to the kitchen in that church house that you guys had right just 
fucking going for it. Yeah. Right? Just going and not, yeah. not being afraid to try things. Like, yeah. It might be awful. And if it's awful, don't do that again. Then you know. Yeah. Right? Then yeah. you know that doesn't work. I mean, that's the best thing. I mean, you could say certain styles go good with certain kinds of food. And that's, I would like to think that's basic knowledge, but I don't think it is. Yeah. But there are some things like an ale will pretty much go with anything that is like meaty and greasy and okay. like typical bar food. Like yeah. so, you always go good with an ale. But right. if you're drinking things like sours, you're drinking something like a stout or like other styles that maybe don't. Like you should take it slowly and just try different things. Yeah. And don't judge the beer right away because of the food you're eating. Yeah. Like seriously, don't try like the beer me. by itself. That's true. That's true. And you know what? One thing I've realized too from doing this show is. Honestly, don't judge the beer unless you've had it at the source. I know yeah. that's really hard to no, do a lot of times. but No, 100%. Right? There's so yeah. many times where I'll be on my way home, I'll stop at Fry's and grab, like, my one of my favorite IPAs is Odell IPA. It's, oh, yeah. It's, like, it's just... Just a classic. Flawlessly good. Yep. And so I w- I've stopped there and grabbed it, and it was some of the worst beer I've ever had. I yeah. can't even finish it. But it was, be- was oxidized. It was the way, like, it, I think it was time, temperature, sunlight, like, whatever caused yeah. it to happen. And it had nothing to do with the actual quality of the beer. So, I right. mean, you're right. you got to try it at the source. Yeah. 100%. Yep. And, and one thing I've learned, too, is freshness. Freshness is key. Like, I've gone into places, so I, there's a place up by me that's like... Uh, For IPA. Right, right, yes. And, th- and that's mainly what I drink. So, okay. like, IPAs, pale ales... Um, but I go to a local shop, up like a local bottle shop, and their stuff's always fresh. Good. But I stopped into one of the big places one time, and I went to grab a Sierra Nevada. This was like a week ago, and the Sierra Nevada was brewed in like September. Holy I was crap. like, what? I'm like, and I just put it down. I walked out, and I was like, I'm not even. See, that, that yeah. could ruin someone's experience. And exactly. hate that company. Went, with Sierra Nevada, it was probably the first IPA I ever tried. Oh, yeah. Pale, I should say pale ale I ever tried. Yeah. And incredible. Yeah. Like they're, they're definitely the pioneers of craft beer. Right. And 100%. still just consistency, still doing it, still nailing it, all it's this, everything good. they put and out. And so yeah. if somebody doesn't like it, that's probably what happened. Right. They probably got something that was old and terrible and it's yeah. bullshit. It it's, so, it's, it's from people that don't know. It's, it's either people that don't know or don't care that stock it that way. Right. And right. that happens a lot. Yeah. Unfortunately. Exactly. Look for beer dates. That's what I say. Or go to the source. Come go to Helio Basin. Mm-hmm. They're brewing the beer right here. You actually can see the... Beers, not the actual beer. I can't see the beer physically. You but should. I can see that would things. be a cool superpower. That would be actually. What about glass fermenters? Glass would that ferm- be kind of cool. I, I, it would be cool, but I don't know how that would work. We can figure it out. I'm sure we can mesh, figure. It. No, mesh no, no. They make they make in like the glass. There was a episode. God, it was so long ago, but it was like a Star Trek movie where they made glass out of aluminum, but you could see through, like you could see through oh. it, and but it was super strong, and they carried a whale on a spaceship. <laughs> And like they could was, use this, was this after you ate a piece of miracle fruit, Tammy? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they, they could use that, like something yeah. like that idea to brew beer. That would be cool. But I don't know how like the metal is reactive to the beer right. as glass would be. I don't know. And how cool would it look? Though? Like we picture this. Oh, we picture amazing. this like Dustin's perfectly clear beer. But in there, it might not look as But, pretty. I mean, it leaves something to your imagination. Right. It's that is like true. women walking around in, in clear dresses. Like, it's, you need a little to the imagination. Right. So you That's think right. about what the beer looks like under that. That's right. The, uh, the clear dress um, mentality. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, Tammy, thank you for joining me. This has been awesome. Thank you. Yes. We, we are going to still do an episode where you're going to train me in jujitsu. Yeah, we yeah. can do that now. Right now? Like, okay. All right. Um, let's see here. You need like a map down here or something. I'm good. Let me drink a little bit. (laughs) No, but we love you. We love coming here. We love hanging out with you guys. Your food is awesome. And every other good thing I could say about you. Thank you. I will. Likewise, likewise, all that that you just said. Right back at you, kid. Uh, We're blessed. We're both blessed. (laughs) We both have blood orange face. Um, So, Helio Basin, come here. Try the beers. Eat the food. Everything is paired up for you. Get the nut brown. It goes with everything. Do the ice cream flight. Yes. That will, uh, that I didn't will, even mention that. That ice is the best. In, yeah, that's the best way to learn about what pairs with beer, like yes. the flavors that work with beer. So, introduction is beer pairing 101. I love it. I love it. And caramel cheesecake chimichangas with beer caramel and salted popcorn. Yeah, it's our, what our dessert. What the fuck are you trying to do to us? 
<laughs> I'm experimenting on all these hopeless people. Yes. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. So you guys want to support Arizona Craft Beer, follow us on Cap That Easy Podcast on Instagram, um, Arizona Food and Beer. And um, always remember, stay awesome.